0: self-care.
1: Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips.
0: Join us as we journey through sharing together. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Chetna. She is an artist, an educator, and an overall pretty fantastic woman. She uses her art as self-care practice and also affirmations as words of encouragement to not only build up herself but build up her community. This is Chetna's story. Hey, girl.
1: Hey, girl.
0: It is so nice to have you on the show today, Chetna. How are you?
1: I'm really groovy. I'm excited to be here.
0: Thank you for... um, Thank you for your time today. I'm very, very thrilled for this conversation in general. So, before we get going, can you please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do?
1: I'm Chetna Mehta, and I'm a mixed media artist, a creative wellness consultant, and entrepreneur.
0: So I have been a fan of you and your work for years now, and your art and affirmations are something that have really spoken to me. So I want to start there. How did art come into your life as a form of meditation and even creating community with your students and also with um, those around you? Mm.
1: Art, for as long as I can remember, has been a very liberatory healing and connecting experience for me. Um, I can go back as far as when I immigrated to uh, California from South Africa with my very radical parents and younger brother. Um, Art, at that point, coming from a very collectivist familial community in South Africa to a brand spanking new country um, with very little connection here in the States. Mm -hmm. I found myself at age seven, spending a lot of time in my room alone, writing poetry and love letters to my family back in South Africa, while listening to Celine Dion and (laughs) Mariah's fantasy album on repeat, (laughs) just to cope with the transition. Um, And shortly after that, I was Experiencing a lot of reoccurring nightmares, and my mother, who's always been very supportive of my art and the process of creation, encouraged me to do a nightmare journal. And I think journaling is such a powerful form of art as well. And so, of course, I did, and I decorated the cover with a skull and two bones crossing over it with red, black, and silver glitter Um, and wrote my nightmares in there every time I had them. And mm. that was the first time I journaled. And the first time I really faced a part of myself that I was scared of. And, of course, within a few weeks, my nightmares stopped. And since then, I've been journaling and diaring, diarying. Diarying.
0: You know <laughs> That's a good Diary. word.
1: <laughs> it used to be a word, you know, since then. And, and that was super connecting both to myself and to my mother, she has she herself is an artist too. I don't think she'd identify as being an artist. She just does what she does, and she's an artist in the kitchen. She uses cooking as a love language to bring people together. And my grandmothers are also artists in the kitchen. Mm. My maternal grandmother um, was also an illustrator, just by doing what she loved to do and giving gifts of these beautiful. Um, portraits that she spent spend hours on to people who she loved and although they would never consider themselves artists uh, I do and it took a it took a ways and a journey for me to even identify as that and to feel proud to say that I'm an artist so in that way I feel like I'm really reclaiming the artistry in my family as a worthy pursuit as my life work mm-hmm. um, as a career and And even in the most recent serious transition of my life, being in grad school, studying psychology, working at an urban high school um, with low-income youth, going through a lot of poverty and immigration issues, especially at the turn of the last presidential election, Mm -hmm. I was feeling a lot of the vicarious trauma working, of course, in that environment. Um, Of course, I had the privilege to step away from it and go back to my home. I was feeling their experience very much. And on a trip to my partner's family's house, my sister-in-law asked me, so have you been drawing every day? And I hadn't been, but she asked that question at the exact right time that I needed to hear it. And so I went home and began to draw on a daily basis, just as a way to express myself and cope. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was going to create. I just knew that I would take at least five minutes a day. And it was five minutes to 60 minutes a day to put something on paper, whatever it was, I didn't have to love it. It didn't have to be something that I shared. And for a long time, it wasn't. And I approached my piece of paper asking the question, What do I want to, what do I long? It was a longing, really. What do I long to hear right now? And so with that question and intention, often very minimalistic illustrations would come up, sometimes with words. And and then I put the piece of paper away and move on with my day. But it was a daily practice. And after I had probably a handful of pages in a pile on my desk, I'd revisit it. And noticed that I had a completely different relationship to the pieces. Mm. Um, I might have hated them when I created them and just wanted to toss them and disregard them. But revisiting them, I noticed that, oh, they were actually suddenly pretty cute and charming and (laughs) something that resonated in a different way. And it was like, oh, did I do that? Oh, okay. And then I think back to the emotion that I had when I created it and would realize how much my feelings alchemized in that process of putting it on paper and then also how I had a new appreciation for it afterwards and how it was still very soothing and expansive. And in that kind of excitement towards it, I decided to share some of them on Instagram. And the first one that I ever posted, the words were, you are smart, you are important, and you are purposeful. And... I was very pleased and surprised to realize that there were so many other people who were longing to hear that as well. Yeah. And that really just continued to fuel the practice of tending to my own emotion and asking myself that question of what did I want to hear? What did I want to tell myself? And also then to use it as a bridge to illuminate and highlight kind of the human experience behind it that connects us. In such deep and soulful ways.
0: So, having self-care and art kind of intertwined is what I'm hearing you say has helped you create this personal practice of not only building community with those around you, but finding a way to to nestle into the, into the community of yourself, right? And of and of the many people that I kind of feel live within us um, on <laughs> any, <laughs> on any given day. And I want to talk about that a little bit. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas, FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college maybe or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue and it's shaped like the flower and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about Fun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over 200 dollars in retail value. The Summer 2019 box has a total retail value between 269 to 467 That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vix Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the products' individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one, or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. When did your art turn into something that was necessary for Mm. your self-care practice?
1: I feel like it was always necessary, I have to say, because thinking back to when I was seven, I didn't know it was necessary at the time. I was just following an urge that I had and the only option that I felt I had at that time uh, to do what I wanted to do. And I was doing it for myself at that point, same as when I started doing visual affirmations back in 2016. I was mostly doing it for myself. I was asking the question, what do I need to hear right now? And through the art over the last two years and answering that question over and over again and facing the many messages that I needed to hear, even if it was validating very shadowy or disgraceful aspects of myself,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, I've managed to build up the kinder voices within me and um, lay those on top of the voices that tend to be more discouraging. And the question now that I ask sometimes is, is not always, what do I need to hear right now? But what does sometimes even the world need to hear right now? Mm. And uh, that's also changed my affirmations as well, because I feel like, oh, I, I've, I've heard everything I need to hear. I, I don't need to put anything on there, but there's still so much turmoil going on around me. And like, what what could I give there? Mm. Um, And so it's evolved in that way, and and it's continued to be necessary, um, not always just for me, but also for a greater purpose, which has been an interesting evolution that I didn't expect, but I feel like it was always necessary.
0: (laughs) So this question that just came up, and I don't know why it came up, but I like how it can kind of intertwine with what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. What have affirmations taught you about forgiveness of others and of self? Mm.
1: I find myself having to affirm forgiveness a lot. Mm. Um, I think when it comes to forgiveness of self, it's it's helped me realize that however I'm showing up to my drawing pad, I can leverage some wisdom there, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. there's something that I can excavate from it that will be graceful, that will be beautiful, that will be um, a connection and a bridge to others hmm. and to deeper parts of myself. And so rather than trying to avoid the parts that are so uncomfortable or so just not cute, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been able to somehow transform it into something pretty adorable at times and sometimes just okay whatever that's that's out that's done yeah it's cool um and move on and to realize how we do have the power to alchemize even the very seemingly unforgivable parts of ourselves into something that could be of service um and of course as i've as i've done like the daily practice of affirmation of of producing something of making something my eyes have opened up to the inspiration all around and within me. I've been more receptive to uh, things that would fuel my practice. I've also been so much more open in exercising my muscle of affirmation with others. Mm. So as I've begun to be able to affirm myself in all the states of my being, I'm so much more able to affirm affirm others in their varied, diverse, paradoxical, multifaceted parts of their being as well.
0: That's really, I think that's really major. And that kind of loops back to what we were speaking about earlier with community and building community Mm -hmm. with the different ways in which that we move through the world, be it writing or art or teaching. So when it comes to teaching and you host workshops and you Mm -hmm. work at schools How do you intertwine art with your students, especially those who may not be quote unquote artistic as mm-hmm. in pen and paper in a way that can draw, right? Like me, I can't draw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I still love to be able to use my hands in ways that are maybe, you know, not related to writing something down, but even scribbling or doodling or just trying to find a meditative uh-huh. practice. How do you teach your students how to kind of dig deep and trust their ability to show up on the paper, even if they think that they can't?
1: That's a really great question and one that so many of us are grappling with when it comes to trusting our ability to produce something. Mm -hmm. I think there are some really important values that I try to bring and emphasize in the environments that I hold around cultivating our creativity. One is releasing judgment as frequently as possible. I think judgment and comparing mind are two of the biggest inhibitors to our natural and innate creativity. One, I believe that we're all just inherently abundantly creative in some form or fashion. We were created to create, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think the only thing that gets in our way is that judgment, comparing mind, and essentially ego. And so if we notice, it's, it's, it's a process. So if in whatever venture we take on to create something, whether it be a simple drawing or a poem, it's... Applying mindfulness to the experience. So, noticing what judgments are coming up that are making us feel stuck and actively choosing to release those judgments or write them down and put them somewhere else so that they're not in our heads Mm -hmm. and to get that out of our way and to peel away these parts of ourselves, our internalized perceptions or judgments that we carry and releasing those so that what is true to us and what's essential to our nature may emerge more freely. So it's really a practice that I'm trying to cultivate with people.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the Fit Finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my Third Love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. And it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee every customer has 60 days to wear it wash it and put it to the test and if you don't love it you can return it and third love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need third love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit fit stylists are available every day to help via text chat or phone returns and exchanges are free and easy what's not to love third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. would love to know what you would tell your seven-year-old self coming mm-hmm. over from South Africa about being okay, being not okay, and <sighs> learning to kind of walk through the ebbs and flows of the offerings of this life. <laughs>
1: I love that question. <laughs> um, I would tell her that she is so dope and so strong (laughs) and she's already doing what she needs to be doing. She would put on her mom's skirt and like twirl to her music and, and draw. And I would just tell her to keep doing that and maybe to leave her door open this Mm, time mm. and to invite her younger brother into the process or to share her poems more she would share share them with her mother, um, but I would encourage her to share them with her father, too, and her brother and the males in her life who she loved. But I would affirm how amazing she is and intuitive and wise already to be doing what she's doing.
0: Mm. Leave your door open. That, <laughs> mm, yes. That's big. That's big. That and is. now I want to talk about that a little bit. Can you elaborate on... Leaving your door open. I mean, I know, I get what you're saying, but I think that there's like, I feel like there's this bigger message there. Mm,
1: yes, I love that. I'm glad that you're digging into that because when I imagined state when I first said that, I imagined her being still in her room in the place where she felt very safe, the place that she curated herself, but opening it up to others more and realizing, I think in a greater message realizing that we're not alone like we're not alone no matter how crazy our feelings are or how deeply painful or how isolated we just happen to feel it's just that that faith that belief that we are not alone with 7.5 billion people Mm -hmm. on this planet with us Mm -hmm. there's at least Seven people out yeah, there. At least seven. Felt, <laughs> at least. Right. At least who have felt exactly what we have felt. Maybe mm-hmm. their circumstances are different, but in essence, their feelings and how it feels in our bodies are probably very similar. And that's what my process of sharing my art, however vulnerable um, it has felt, has taught me that there's always someone there mm. who who it touches in a way that's just like, wow, like I see you and I don't know you. I don't even know your name. I don't know where you live, but you feel that and you've had that experience and you're grappling with that right now in your own life across the world. And, and that's just so beautiful. So I think leaving your door open means like sharing what you're going through a little bit more, even if it's just with one other person who you trust it could make a world of a difference.
0: Mm, I think that's a great way to end. The Hey Girl podcast is a member of the District Productive. Produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own, Kokai.